You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Advances in Long-Term Care Medicine, produced in cooperation with AMDA and sponsored in part by Forest Pharmaceuticals. Your host is Dr. Eric Tangelos, professor of medicine at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and a certified medical director in long-term care. What aspects of working in long-term care medicine appeal to younger physicians? Joining us to discuss young doctors in love with long-term care is Dr. Carrie Levy, assistant professor and director of palliative care at the Denver Veterans Affairs Medical Center and the medical director of a long-term care facility in Denver. Carrie, welcome to our program. Now, you chose this title, and it needs a little bit of explanation. Okay. Well, I think long-term care and in love are two things that generally don't go together in most people's vocabulary, but long-term care medicine is just about the most exciting thing, I think, coming down the pike. It's a chance to do medicine like I think many of us dreamed of doing, taking care of the whole person and doing so in an interdisciplinary team and doing so with a very flexible schedule. So I do think it it offers a lot of opportunity and that there are a growing number of young docs that are in love with long-term care. Well, we've had a number of very enthusiastic physicians on our program already, but I think you're pegging the meter. You're already off the top. So why did you choose long-term care medicine, and how in demand are long-term care physicians? Well, the reason I chose it was quite simple. I would sit in a clinic during my geriatric fellowship and just be horrified at how far behind I was getting. (laughs) And so by the end of clinic, I would just feel terrible for making people wait so long, but I wanted to spend as much time as I needed to with each individual patient. And then I suddenly discovered that in the nursing home, you don't necessarily need to have a schedule. And I found it extremely fulfilling to be able to sit in a room and discuss whatever needed to be discussed without any pressure of a waiting room full of people. So it really allows me a lot of flexibility, and it is one of the most uh, fulfilling things that I can do to sit with a patient as long as I need to without feeling the pressure of time. That's great. It reminds me of going into a room to do a mental status test and asking a patient what day it is. And she was cognizant, but she said, what does it matter? (laughs) It's a very good point. It's a very good point. And, you know, there are docs in the community that have kids, and they will take the kids to school. They'll go see some patients. They'll come back for an activity in the afternoon in the classroom, and then they'll go back and see some more patients. And it really just allows for so much flexibility, which I think more and more Young people are wanting today to be involved in their children's activities and to be involved in their schoolwork, and this really does allow for that. So some days maybe 20 hours, some days 5 hours, some days 2 hours. It varies quite a bit. Absolutely. And, of course, it depends on how lucrative you want it to be. It's very possible to make a good living as a long-term care-only doc or a doc that does only nursing home care. And basically the reason is because you have no overhead. I mean, there's very little overhead anyway because... You can pack up your car, which is your office, go from facility to facility, have an answering service and some you know, malpractice insurance, and I think you're good to go. So it actually has very little overhead and very little downtime with office-related distractions. The more you want to make, the more you work, but it's very possible to make a good living as a long-term care doc. So tell us, what do the surveys show about job satisfaction for geriatricians? couldn't be more satisfied as a geriatrician. There's been a number of studies about job satisfaction, 
and the geriatrician comes out on top almost always. So it's a very satisfied group of people for sure. You're right there with the patient. Nothing gets between you and them for the most part. Absolutely. And I find it just so much fun. One of the reasons I got interested in geriatrics in the first place was as a resident, I would see this big entourage of people following behind a doc that worked at our residency program. And I asked a couple of people, you know, what is that group of people doing over there? And they said, oh, well, that's the non-teaching service. And I said, well, it sure looks like there's a lot of teaching going on over there. And so eventually I got the opportunity to round with them. And sure enough, it was the geriatric service. And we had a speech therapist, a nutritionist. We had, you know, everybody that needed to weigh in on the care of these older adults was there and was actively participating. And I really felt like it was just such a satisfying way to take care of people as opposed to seeing just one part of their, their lives and their care. We were really seeing it all at one shot. And that's what's so fun about the nursing home is you've got the speech therapist, you've got the physical therapist, the nutritionist, the social worker. Everybody's right there. And so it really is quite satisfying way to feel like you can make a difference. Well, you get to be part of a team, and uh, being a part of a team as an adult gets more and more difficult all the time. Bill Hazard always used to say, why do geriatricians do it? And he, you know, the answer was always the same. It was, we do it for the stories. Isn't that the truth? I actually just got done doing a presentation for the ombudsman in town, and I found myself just with every question saying, oh, well, let me tell you this story. <laughs> and they really are fun stories, and there's just so many amazing folks to meet in geriatrics. And by the end of a lifetime, there are just so many good stories and so many lessons to learn from our patients that, again, it's one of the many reasons it's such a satisfying subspecialty. All right. So aside from the social skills that you bring to the table, and that probably just about every geriatrician has, what other skills does the long-term care professional physician have to utilize? Well, I really do think it gets back to the type of medicine many of us envisioned ourselves practicing. It's hard to get a cardiology consult in the nursing home. Now, surely we can make an appointment and transport the resident to the cardiology clinic, but it's a big deal to do that. And so instead of getting the cardiology consult and the infectious disease consult and all of those things, you really have to just know it and learn it and bone up on the skills that you learned in medical school and use them every day. So I find that folks that really enjoy interdisciplinary medicine and using all the skills that they ever learned really enjoy long-term care. We get to do wound care, which I know some people wouldn't be particularly fascinated by that, but I, found, I find it very fun. We get to do a lot of procedures. You know, we can do paracentesis. We can do a lot of things at the bedside that in the hospital often get relegated to the subspecialist. And so I think if docs enjoy that hands-on really pulling from all aspects of their training. It's a great, great specialty. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Advances in Long-Term Care Medicine from ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I am your host, Dr. Eric Tangalos, and joining me to discuss young doctors in love with long-term care is Dr. Carrie Levy, Assistant Professor and Director of Palliative Care at the Denver Veterans Affairs Medical Center and the Medical Director of a Long-Term Care Facility in Denver. Let's go back to utilizing your full skill set. Do you ever feel alone out at the nursing home, or does your university affiliation keep you in close enough touch to the specialties you need? 
I do feel that the university affiliation helps, but we also have quite a network of long-term care docs that stay in touch. So we have the Colorado Medical Directors Association, which is a state chapter of the American Medical Directors Association. And in that organization, we meet once a month, and we actually meet at our health department. So we meet with the folks who are surveying our long-term care facilities and have very healthy discussions about what's going on in long-term care, and we try to learn from one another. So we have a very active community here in Denver in order to bounce things off of, and, and I really don't ever feel alone. I actually feel quite well supported from that organization. Now, more and more physicians are attending those state and national meetings, and they're asking the question, is long-term care medicine practice financially viable? Absolutely. I don't have an exact number, but I would estimate that about 20% of the docs that are doing long-term care in our area are doing just long-term care. They don't have an office-based practice, and they're very happy, and they are doing just fine financially. There's no question it's a financially viable option. I think there, it's important to speak with someone who's practicing in that type of a model in order to learn more about how they, you know, they structured their practice. But it's very financially viable, and these docs are doing great and better than many docs who are in an office practice. Now, you don't have the typical office environment pressures when practicing in long-term care, but what kinds of other pressures are involved with being a long-term care physician? You know, the most challenging part is involvement of families because the families tend to be quite an important component of the long-term care experience. And if families, you know, needing to meet with you, it can be difficult to schedule visits and family meetings, and those tend to be a little bit longer in duration. And so I think balancing the care of the family as well as the patient, that's one challenge. The other is just all the regulations, of course, in nursing homes. When I first came into this, I was completely overwhelmed with the number of regulations and the thought of my nursing homes being surveyed. But over time, I've realized that they're quite important, and they really do serve an important purpose in educating the facilities and educating the docs who are caring for long-term care patients. So over time, it's become less of a burden to worry about survey, and really most of the survey regulations come right down to delivering good patient care. And so if we're delivering good patient care, often the survey is really an afterthought. Now, we visited with physicians on this program already who uh, do this solo. Are you in uh, group practice? Do you share responsibilities with other physicians? No, I do not share responsibilities. And actually, most of the docs that are doing this in our community will be solo practitioners, but then they'll combine with other docs doing the same type of thing for call coverage. And that seems to work out quite nicely. Well, you seem to enjoy just about everything, but what is the most fulfilling? The most fulfilling thing for me is to sit down with a resident and their family and talk about what the future will bring and talk about what it is that matters most to them and come up with a plan because we know that these folks are at risk for clinical decline. And in that case, I want to be prepared and I want to know exactly what this individual wants when their health declines. And so one of the most fulfilling things for me is to be able to care for one of our long-term care residents exactly in accordance with their preferences for care and to have the family comfortable with whatever path that may be because they have been a part of those conversations and support their loved one.
there's just nothing more fulfilling to me than that. I know you're assistant professor and director of palliative care as well at, at the Denver VA, and those kinds of discussions come up all of the time at the nursing home. I am amazed at how well-received those end-of-life discussions really go. Absolutely. And the position at the Denver VA with palliative care has really been a nice training ground for me because every day we are sitting down with critically ill veterans talking to them about what matters most and what can we do to make what time they have left quality time. And so those conversations have really now spilled over into the long-term care setting because I realize that many of the long-term care residents will end up in the hospital, and I want to be sure that that time is spent in as meaningful a way as possible. And so it really has been a nice training ground. And, boy, long-term care residents are very open to these discussions. It is the rare exception that a resident will say, listen, I don't want to talk about it. Now, families will say, listen, I don't want to talk about it. But in general... Long-term care residents are quite open to these discussions, and most of the time we'll say, gosh, I wondered when somebody was going to bring it up. For our listeners who have been reluctant to take on the topic of palliative care or to bring forward the question of hospice, you've heard from Carrie, and now you're hearing from me as well, don't be bashful, don't stand back from that. Most families will thank you for introducing the topic, and some will even say, It's about time. I'd like to thank my guest from Denver Veterans Affairs Medical Center, Dr. Carrie Levy. Dr. Levy, thank you very much for being our guest this week on Advances in Long-Term Care Medicine. Thank you for the opportunity. You've been listening to Advances in Long-Term Care Medicine from ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Advances in Long-Term Care Medicine is produced in cooperation with AMDA and sponsored in part by Forest Pharmaceuticals. For more information about this or any other ReachMD radio show, please visit ReachMD.com, which now features on-demand podcasts. Thank you for listening. The American Medical Directors Association, AMDA, was founded in 1975 and today is the only national organization representing long-term care physicians and professionals. Our members care for patients in long-term care settings, including nursing homes, assisted living, hospice, and home care. AMDA has distinguished itself nationally with evidence-based, pragmatic solutions for effective practice in long-term care settings. AMDA members are experts in the long-term care field who will address today's most relevant clinical and practice management issues. The 2009 AMDA Core Curriculum on Medical Direction in Long-Term Care will take place in Miami, Florida in July and in Long Beach, California in September. To learn more and register for the AMDA Core Curriculum or other AMDA meetings, visit www.amda.com. And be sure to listen each week for Advances in Long-Term Care Medicine, a weekly series exploring the latest clinical issues, trends, and technologies in long-term care medicine practice with host Dr. Eric Tangelos, exclusively on ReachMD.